Good afternoon. Hope you're all doing well. Today we're learning Maseches Gittin Daf Kafches, and we're starting at a new Mishnah about eight lines down on the page. The Mishnah says, Hamevi get a person who brings a get, and he left the Baal of the get, the person, the husband who wants to get divorced, he left that person as an older gentleman, or as a chola, that person was ill, they were in the hospital. So, no sein law, the shliach should still give her the get. Why? Because at this moment in time, when he gives her the get, we can fairly be under the assumption that he's still alive. We'll qualify this in the Gemara. Bas Yisrael, this is case number two of the Mishnah. If you have a Yisraelis who's married to a Kohen, and the Kohen husband, uh, he went out of town. And the only reason she has access to Truma is because she's married to this Kohen. The halacha is that she is allowed to eat Truma even in his absence while he's in Medina Sayan. We assume that he's alive. Case number three, a person who sends a korban chatas from outside of Eretz Yisrael, we deliver that chatas to the Beis HaMikdash and it could be kare by, uh, by a Kohen. And we're under the assumption that the person who sent the chatas is still alive. The Gemara says in regards to the first din, where we had said that if the patient, if the person you left was a patient, they were sick, or they were an older person, if the husband was in one of those two categories of either being older or being sick, we have a qualification. We can assume fairly that the husband is still alive if he hasn't reached Gvuros. And Rashi points out, based on the Pasuk from Tehillim, Shmonim Shana, Shmonim Shana, that up to the age of 80, we can fairly assume that a person will be alive. Once we reach the age, age of 80, if the Baal sends a get when he's 80 years old, then we can't assume that he's still going to be alive. And as well, and also in regards to a chola, the person who has an average type of illness, so then we, we don't assume he's going to die. But if he is a gose saval, if he is 80, or vigoses, or he is sick to the point that he is on his deathbed. A goses is a person who is sick, and the presumption is that with whatever he's dealing with, he's going to die. So then, shirov gosesim lemisa, lo, in those cases, the get cannot be given. We assume that the husband is no longer alive. So let's review this first qualification, that if a man, a Baal, gives a get to a shliach, and when the Baal gives a get to the shliach, he is under 80, or he has regular illness, but not deathly ill illness, then we can assume that by the time the shleach gets to the Isha, that the, that the get is still in effect, and the shleach is allowed to give the get to the Isha. However, if he is 80 years old and older, we'll see an upper limit to this as well, and the upper limit is not death. If he's 80 or older, or if his illness is an illness of gosis, where he is bound to die momentarily, then the get cannot be given. Says the Gemara, hold on one second. Your age bracket of 80 has a problem. Why? Halfway down on Kavches Aleph, the Gemara says as follows, Ace Abaye. Abaye asks a question from Abraisa. If a person brings a get and he leaves the, the husband, the owner of the get, as an old man, the Mishnah says, the Brisa says, Afilu ben meya shana. Even if this person is a hundred years old, no sein labechez kashahu kaya. You just said a moment ago that if a person is 80, that they are no longer considered to be alive when the get is delivered. But now we see that even up to 100, that a person can give a get on behalf of that Baal who's 100 years old. Which one is it? 
The Gemara provides two answers to this. First of all, to Yufta, you're correct. This Brisa trumps what Rava was saying because the idea of Bigvuros, that when a person reaches 80, that we, we then assume that they're dead if they sent a Shliach for their get, that they, they won't stay alive. That was Rava. That wasn't a Brisa. And if we now have found a Brisa that says 100, Rava's just wrong because it's a Brisa against an Amora. And then for sure, the Brisa wins. So answer number one is to Yufta that Rava's wrong. Answer number two is Once he's already reached a great stature, then we no longer worry about this. What does this mean? So it says the Gemara, if you, it says Rashi, if you look um, a third of the way down in Rashi's Dibur Hamaskal Kevan de Iflig, since he has such a prominent age, the Iflig Misha'ar Derech Kol Haaretz Shehe'erich Yemimad Me'ashana, the man lives up to uh, up to a hundred years, then Iflig Be'enok Kishar Ha'adam Lios Karav Lamus Aval Ben Shmonim Ve'Achas O Yoser. Oh, here Rashi gives a little tight. Eighty is okay. Eighty-one is not not okay. If it's 81 up to the age of 90, then Karav Lamusu. So between the ages of 80 and 90, that's what Rava was talking about. What Rava meant to say is from 81 to 90, if the Baal was 81 to 90 and he sends a shliach to divorce his wife, the halacha is that we don't assume that he stays alive. But once he breaks past 90, because he's been blessed with Arichus Yamim, our halachic assumption about whether or not he'll, he dies will change. And therefore... It's possible that Rava is still right. Our Mishnah is talking about 80 to 90, and this Brisa, or 81 to 90, I should say, and this Brisa where it says even 100 is a separate uh, a separate age bracket, but all of it fits within the world of Rava. The Gemara says halfway down, Rami le Abai le Rabba. Abai asks a question to Rabba. Tanan, our Mishnah. If a man, a Baal, gives a Shliach a get, and the, the Shliach is bringing a get for a Baal, who is an old man or a sick man, we had said in our Mishnah that no sin that we can assume that the person is still alive. So says the Gemara, we have a stira from another source in the Tanai. If a person says, if a man says to a woman, this is your get, um, one hour before the husband says that he is to die. So the halacha is asura lechol betrumamiyad. Here we see no age bracket concerns at all. If a person says this, then he is, then she is not allowed to eat truma anymore whatsoever. So says the Gemara, that's a stira. How do we answer this question? Amar lei, Rabbah says back to Abaye, Rabbah says, truma agitin karamis? You're asking from two different genres, from two different worlds. One is the world of Gittin, and one is from the world of Truma. In regards to Truma, Efshar, in regards to Truma, she's able to sustain herself off of other foods. There's plenty of Hulan in the world, and no reason to assume that the only food is Truma, so we're going to have a different din by Truma. But in regards to Get, Lo Efshar, it's impossible to say that this din is true, that Sha'achas Kodem Lemisaso is true by Get, because that would then mean that there's no such thing as Shlichus by a Get. Because if a person were to say, there's no shlichus, and that's pashat, not true. There is shlichus in such a case. And therefore, it must be that by a get, the case is not really comparable to the world of truma. So the Gemara says, okay, I hear you, but we already raised a question from truma. So let's raise a stira within the world of truma. The rami, truma, truma, we're two thirds of the way down, a little bit more on kavchas madalim. 
but there's a stira within the world of Truma. How so? Tanan, we have our Mishnah. Our Mishnah reads, If a Yisraelis is married to a Kohen, and the Kohen goes out of town, so the halacha is that she's allowed to eat Truma as the wife of a Kohen. We don't assume that the husband has died. What's the stira? Or Minhu, we have a Brysa. If a person says to his wife, here's your get, and it will be yours one hour before I die, we assume right away that the husband would die. So therefore, here we see that there's an assumption of death. And over there, we see that there's no assumption of death. How do we navigate this stira within two Tanaic sources within the world of Truma? The Gemara says, eight, nine, ten lines from the bottom, Amar of Adab Reder of Yitzchak, Shani Hasam, Shari Asra Alav, Sha'achas, Kodem Isaso. It's different. This is a bit of a deeper idea. And the Gemara explains as follows, or I should say, we should explain the Gemara as follows. There's a difference between saying we're choshesh lemisa, that there's a chance he might die, versus saying that he made a condition of iser, of truma, for, for her an hour before he dies. We're not choshesh lemisa. We just have a concern about the iser, because if he says that it's usher for her to eat truma, then it becomes usher for her to eat truma. And we don't know when that moment is because we don't know when he's going to die. So there's a difference between saying choshesh lemisa and saying that there is an iser that has been invoked by the husband uh, as a condition of the get. Says the Gemara, this is not a good argument because papa mimai. how do you know that he mimai de'ihu ma'isperesha? This only makes sense if the husband is going to die first because then there's that unknown moment of whether or not he will die. And if he does, not whether or not, there's the unknown mo- moment of when he will die. And therefore, an hour before, there might be an iser on her and therefore we're concerned. But perhaps, dilma'ihi Perhaps the wife is going to die first, and therefore this whole argument is uh, is up in smoke. Because at the end of the day, if she dies first, then there's never a moment in her life where she should be concerned about eating truma. So it can't just be that we're concerned about the status of Isra of one hour before he dies. Perhaps that scenario will never, ever happen. So therefore, the Gemara provides another answer for the stira between the two sources in the Tanaim, where there's conflict in, in regards to Truma. Last word on the short lines, of all the short lines on Kav Chesem and Aleph, Ella says the Gemara, first of the long lines, One of these shitas is talking about Reb Meir, who's not concerned about death. And one of these shitas is talking about Reb Yehuda, who is concerned about death. And for, I believe, the third or fourth time in this Masechta, we're seeing this Mishnah yet again, it's not. Where do we see the Shittas of Rav Meir and Rav Yehuda um, permeating this Mishnah? It's as follows. If a person buys a barrel of wine from Kusim, Kusim are people who are Jews, but they're not trusted to separate Trumos and Maestros. Omer, the person who bought the bottle, who bought the barrel, can say as follows. The two lugin, which I'm going to be setting aside, I'm going to drink now, but I'm going to set aside shnei lugin later uh, because I want that to be for trumos and maestros. That works. The remaining two lugin that will be in the barrel when he drinks the first many lugin, when there's two lugin left over, he stops drinking. And those two lugin fulfill all of his responsibilities of trumos and maestros. Asara maeser rishon. Ten units will be for maeser rishon. Tisha Meiser Sheni, and nine of them will be for Meiser Sheni. Um, and then Umechel, then the halachic status goes into those two Lugin. And then Vishosim, no problem at all. That's perfectly fine. He can drink the majority of the barrel and only leave over the two Lugin that he'll need for Trumos and Maestros. 
But that's Reb Meir. Reb Yehuda, Reb Yossi, Reb Shimon, Osrin. So what do we see from over here? If they're Osrin, what's the concern? Rashi here highlights the concern of Shema Yibaka Hanod, that perhaps the container is going to break and you'll never end up giving Trumos and Maestros. So what do we see over here? This is equivalent to saying Shema Yomos. So Rabbi Yehuda is of the opinion that we're Choshesh Lemisa, just like we're Choshesh of Shema Yibaka Hanod, that the barrel or the container holding the wine could break. And just like if he dies, that's a problem uh, in regards to the Truma. So to over here, if the barrel breaks, that's a problem. Problem. And that's how we can see that uh, within Abaye's answer, that what we're discussing between the two brisas in Truma is one is Rav Meir, who's lo Chayesh Lemisa, and one is Rav Yehuda, who is Chayesh Lemisa. And the very last two words on the page of Chavches Aleph, the Gemara says that Rav Omar, he gives another answer in regards to the stira between the two sources in the Tanaim. And the Gemara says as follows on the top of Chavches Beis. We'll be heading down to the last line of this page, and then we'll call it a day. The Gemara says, Shema, perhaps, Meslo Chayshinan, Shema, Yamus Chayshinan. Subtle distinction. Perhaps what we are concerned about is not that he is dead right now. That's not what we're worried about. We can halachically assume that a man is alive in this particular moment. But Shema, Yamus Chayshinan. There we are concerned about the future. So if you ask right now, in this one moment, can I assume he's alive? I'm allowed to say yes. You want to ask me about a day from now, a week from now, a month from now, there is no halachic assumption that a person will live in the future. And that's the distinction between the Mishnahites. Says the Gemara, that's not even true, what you just said. Because, That's not true. In regards to the Mishnah that we saw in the bottom of Kav Chesamad Aleph about giving Maisos from the barrel leaving over to Lugin, what was Rabbi Huda's concern? So Rashi on the bottom of Kav Chesamad Aleph had said, Shema Hanod, that perhaps the container holding the, the wine will break and you will no longer be able to give the Trumos and Maisros. And if that's true, then you ate Tevel. And that's a big problem. So, and that's a case of Shema Yamus. We're not sure if it's going to break. It might break in the future. But Rabbi Yehuda is concerned about it, and Reb Meir is not. The Haraya, that the Mishnah, the Mishnayos, the Brysos that are dealing with the Sugya and Truma, can't be separated by Shema Meis versus Shema Yamus. Because even in regards to Shema Yamus, that's where we see the Machlokas between Rabbi Yehuda and Rav Meir. Upligi. Therefore, where three lines down on Kav Chesimut Beis, Amar Rav Yehuda Midiskarta, shiny node to Efshar the Masar Le'i the Shomer. He says there's a fundamental difference between a barrel or a container with wine and a human being when it comes to a barrel so that you can put it into a safety deposit room. You could lock it up so the chances of it breaking are much less. If you leave a hammer next to it and you leave some toddlers next to it, you should very much expect it to be broken. But there are ways to protect inanimate objects. When it comes to people... Malach HaMavaz doesn't care what you do. That's his job. He'll, he'll, he'll make sure that he gets that person one way or the other so that you can't protect that person. And therefore, the Gemara says, If you have a guarantor that the uh, the node, that the container holding the wine is not going to break, well, maybe how far do you go? So let's say he puts it into the second bedroom. Okay, maybe the second bedroom isn't as safe as the third bedroom. Maybe the third bedroom is not as safe as the basement. Maybe the basement is not as safe as the attic. Maybe the attic is not as safe as a vault. So because there are so many layers that you can protect higher and higher, you can't make this distinction. You can't say that. And therefore, the Gemara gives its final answer. Really, 
across the boards, everyone agrees that in this one moment in time, we are not worried if a person is going to die. But when it comes to Shema Yamus in the future, that is Taka Machlokas Tanoim between Rabbi Yehuda and Rav Meir. That brings us to the two dots about eight lines down on Kavches and Aleph. And the Mishnah had spoken about a din, the third din in our Mishnah that we started with today on the top of Kavches and Aleph. And that was Hasholech Atasami Medina Sayam. The Gemara asks a tangential question, having nothing to do with our world and just drilling down in regard to the world of Chatzas just for a moment. V'habaina Smicha. We know that there needs to be smicha on animals that are brought as a korban, especially for a chatas. You're basically transferring the burden that you have on yourself. You're transferring it over to a chatas. So you're supposed to put down all of your weight onto the head of the animal, and then the kohen does the shechita. But here, how are you even functioning this way? How are you doing this? You're setting the animal from outside of Eretz Yisrael. You can't do smicha in the Beis HaMikdash when you live in another country. We live in another place. So Amar of Yosef, Bekorban Nashim. One possibility is that we're talking about a Korban Chatos of an Isha, and an Isha has no din of smicha, that she doesn't have to press down on the, on the animal. Rav Papa Amar Bechatas He says, perhaps we're talking about a Chatas and smicha doesn't apply to birds. So basically, there's numerous ways to skirt this question as to whether or not Chatas that's being sent from out of town will or will not have smicha. Either we're talking about Nashim where there's no din of smicha, or we're talking about Chatas where, where smicha is not relevant. And the Gemara then says, We need all three cases in our Mishnah. We need the case of the Get. We need the case of the Israelis who's married to a Kohen. And what was the third case? Um, and we need the third case of Truma. Oh, sorry. The first case was maybe Get. The second case was Bas Yisrael Lekohen. And the third case was, uh, was the Chatas. So those are the three cases. And the Gemara says, um, about a quarter less, about a fifth of the way down on Chavches Medal, 12 lines down or so, Vitzricha, that we need all of these cases. Perhaps we would say that there's no way that we could say that there's no Shlichus by a Get, and therefore, Pashat, that our Mishnah needs to teach the first case, the case about Get, that we don't assume that the person dies, and Shlichus can still function. Aval, perhaps if we only had the first source about Get, then perhaps we would say about Truma de Efshar, by Truma, where a person can live off of other foods of Chulin, Eimalo, perhaps the Din would not be the same. And Vyashmin and Truma, if I only had the second part of the Mishnah that speaks about Abbas Yisrael, who's married to a Kohen, the Zimnin de Lo Efshar, Yes, it's not always true that there's other food. The Gemara flips its svara, which it does in, in a tzricha model all the time. And perhaps by truma, maybe their taka is no other food. The only access to food she has is truma food. Aval chatas or maybe just chatas. Uh, so there the Gemara says, Misveka Perhaps we might have thought that in regards to the case of chulen, that we're, we have a concern about shlichus chulen la'azara. What does this mean? That if in fact a person dies, so then the chiyuv chatas dissolves. And then the chatas that's being brought is bringing an animal into the Beis HaMikdash for Shechita, who should not have been brought into the Beis HaMikdash for Shechita. And maybe we would have thought that this only applies by Truma and not by a case of Chatas, Kamash Malan, says the Gemara Tzricha, that we need all three of these cases in order to indicate to us that we, um, that we have the same din in all three of these cases. The next Mishnah opens a third of the way down on Chavches Hamid Beis. The Mishnah says, Shlosha Dvarim Amar Rebbe Lozar Ben Parta, Lifnei Chachamim, V'kaimo Es Dvarav. 
there are three things that Rabbi Lazar ben Parta had said, and all three of them were fulfilled. Al-ir shehi kifa charkom, if you have a city that's been surrounded by soldiers, by mercenaries, a boat that's being thrashed around by the sea, and a person who is being brought out for a punishment to be meted out in Bezdin, shehen bechez kas in all three of these cases, if, uh, let's say, for example, the last time a person was seen was on a boat that was uh, being thrashed around by the water. Halachically, we cannot assume the person is dead. If you have a city that's been surrounded by mercenaries, halachically, we cannot assume that the person is dead. And um, and lastly, was the case of Yotze Ladun, a person who has a punishment from Bezdin that's being meted out to them. We also can't assume that they're dead. Aval. There is a breaking point. And these are very, very, very important halachos as it relates to aguna. When can we assume that a scenario is dangerous enough that we can halachically assume that a husband is no longer alive, thereby preventing his wife from being an aguna for the rest of her life? If the city has already been conquered by a charkom, by the mercenaries, we have no idea where the boat is. We've looked in all the right places and we can't find it. Or probably more accurately if it if it has been sunken. A person who's already being walked out to the gallows to get his punishment. In those cases, I actually have to correct myself. Here, the upper limit doesn't necessarily solve for Aguna. Here, what we're saying is that when we're in this scenario, we have the Chumras of Chaim and the Chumras of Mesim. We do have Chumras in both case scenarios where we would be concerned uh, about the perhaps he's alive and perhaps he is not alive. Lastly, the Gemara gives an example: Bas Yisrael lekohen uvas kohen Yisrael lo tochal betruma. Just an application of this: If you have a Bas Yisrael who's married to a kohen, so the chumre mesim would be that she's not allowed to eat because if he died, then how can she eat truma? And the next person is uvas kohen Yisrael. If you have a kohenes who's married to a Yisrael. So if her husband dies, she'd fall back to her father's house. So here it's Chumre Chaim. Here we're saying that maybe he's still alive and therefore she doesn't fall back to her father's house. She's in the twilight zone and we do have to wait. The Gemara says, Amar of Yosef, Lo Shanu, we did not learn this din, that people are Bechez Kaschayim, these three halachos are Rabbi Lazar ben Parta, Elabevezdin shel Yisra. It's only true in regards to a Bezdin that is of the Yidin. That in regards to a Bezdin, if a Bezdin decides, a secular, excuse me, if a non-Jewish court, not a Bezdin, if a non-Jewish court decides that a person needs to be killed, we assume that they're dead. Says the Gemara, I understand in regards to a Jewish Bezdin, why, 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 that even when they're being walked out for their punishment, but everyone's trying to find the schus to not kill this person. We are not trigger happy when it comes to capital crimes. We don't want to punish people if we can avoid it. So if there's any schus to potter someone from a capital punishment, we're going to do it. So it says the Gemara, maybe we should say the same about Ovde Kochavim, that they could be Makabal Shochad. Yeah, you have someone who knows how to write a check. So they say, don't kill this guy, I'll give you $5 million. So maybe the executioner will say, oh, okay, no problem, fine by me. So why is it that we make a distinction that in a Jewish court, we know that they're looking for a schus, okay, but by a Goisha court, we can bribe them. The Gemara says two-thirds of the way down, Amar ki shakle When do we say that they're shakle, that they would take 
<clears throat> that they would take a bribe. That's before Mekame Delachtom Pur Seishenmag, before they sign a Pur Seishenmag. Look at Rashi two thirds of the way down. Rashi says, Dibur Hamaskel, Pur Seishenmag, Lashon Parsihu Psaktin. That's a Persian language for Psaktin. Don't know the etymology of either of these words. But the Gemara says that it's before they sign the Psaktin, the Goyesh Psaktin. Once they sign the Goyesh Psaktin, they're not taking any more bribes. The Basar de Michtam, after signing, they're not going to take any bribes. The Gemara asks on the Yiddish Abed, hold on one second. Let's say that there are two people. They say, He initially had his din in Bezdin Aleph in another community. And now he's in Bezdin Bez. And these Adim go to Bezdin Bez and say, This guy, the one who's in the local neighborhood now by Bezdin B, he's really Shaykh by Misa. That person is really, he has a Gemara din of Misa. What do we assume over there? So says the Gemara that in, in the case of the Adim, what were the Adim saying? We know who the witnesses are. So the halacha is Hareza Yeherag. This person should be killed. I mean, a minute ago, you just said that in the Yiddish Abedin, until he's killed, he's not killed. It says the Gemara, Dilma Boreach Shani. This is not a, a normal case. This case is where he is Boreach. As we know from the Brisa that we just saw, that it says we knew that he was from Bezdin A. That's where Psakdin was, so you can't ask from that world. That case is a case of Boreach, where the defendant ran away from the Bezdin. Toshma, let's see if we can learn from another Brisa. Three-fourths of the way down. Shama mi Bezdin shall Yisrael, shahayu omrim ish ploni meis, ish ploni ne'erag. If we hear from a Yiddish Bezdin one of the following phrases, ish ploni meis, that this person under our watch has died, and it doesn't actually mean what we think it means. The Mephorshim here explained that if a person violates an Isr Kares three times in a row, he's locked up in jail and, he, and we leave him to die. He's mace. That's what it means here because it's coming from a Bezdin. Or Ish Ploni Neherag, if a person um, is deserving of capital punishment, which means Edim uh, Hasra, the whole nine yards, to get him to the point of being Chayev. So the Gemara says under those circumstances, uh, the Din is Yasiya Es Ishto. His wife can be married off to others. No problem at all. Says the Gemara, Mikum, Mikum Natrisen, this is an executioner. That's what Rashi says on the side, 12 lines from the bottom, Dibraham Askel, Kun Matrisen. He says, Mimun and Leharok. These are the people who are appointed to do the killing, aka executioners. So these people, Shalov De Kochavim, if they say, Ish Ploni Meis, Ish Ploni Neerag, if they say that this person's going to die or this person's going to be killed, then the wife can't remarry. If the husband is the one who's in the who's under the guillotine, they can't remarry. So we have to figure out what these phrases mean. My mesu my neherag. Does it mean he's going to be killed or does it mean that he's already killed? If you want to say that they're already dead. If that's true, even by the Ovde Kochavim, so then Amai Al Ishto. If we know for sure that he's already been killed, what's the Shiloh? Even by a guy, why would it be that by a guy that if his head is cut off, that we would say the wife can't marry another person? That doesn't make any sense. So the Gemara says, Malan, after all, what do we know about our interactions with Goyim? We know that the Kol Mesiach Lefitumo, 
that whenever a non-Jew speaks, he's speaking casually, he has no agenda, he has no politics, he has no aces up his sleeve, he's just talking. Oh my gosh, I saw the craziest thing. I saw this guy got killed. I just happened to be in the square this morning, guillotine. He's this Jewish guy. I know his name. I used to work with him. It's so crazy. He died. Those typically are very believable scenarios. If that's true, then it doesn't make sense as to why we wouldn't believe the guy. All the guy is doing is reporting that someone was killed, and it's Mesiach Lefitumo. And a guy is trusted by Mesiach Lefitumo when he shares information casually. So, Elolab, it must be that the Bryces don't mean that they're actually dead. It must be that Mace is Yotze Lemace, that when this guy who violated three Isure Kares, he's now being locked up because that means he's going to die. And Nerag is Yotze Lehorek, and it means that he's going to be killed. So says the Gemara, if the Bryce means when it says Mason Nerag that he's going to be killed and he's not killed yet, that's a big problem for the Bezdin Shel Yisrael. Because what did we say about a Bezdin Shel Yisrael? Vikatani Bezdin Yisrael, Yasiyuas Ishto. Very difficult. If Mason Nerag means that they're actually killed, why don't we trust the Goyesh Accords? No reason not to trust them. And if in fact they haven't been killed yet, then why would it make sense that a Yiddish Accord would say that this woman can remarry? Makes no sense at all. Says the Gemara, you're absolutely right. And let's explain. Six lines from the bottom. Le'olam, meis, mamish, v'neirag, mamish. Really what we're saying is that uh, in this b'risa, that we're talking about a person who's actually died in jail or a person who's actually received his capital punishment, he's dead. Oh, so then how do we then explain the case of the goy? If in fact we're defining meis and neirag as actually true and not a, an aspiration for the future that Bezin will soon kill them, then why does the does the Goyesh Accord, why don't we seem to trust them? So the Gemara says, When we ask the question about a Goyesh Accord, that if someone's meis or neirag, why don't we allow the wife to remarry? That's because of an issue within the sugya of Mesiach Lefitumo. We don't always trust the Goy. And it's only sometimes. And here the Gemara gives a parameter. After all, shouldn't we trust the Goy? The Gemara says, yes, but in measure. What does that mean? When we have a case scenario of a Goy speaking he's speaking casually. And because he's speaking super casually and he has no skin in the game, we trust him. However, for something that he is a part of, then maybe he does have a political play. Maybe he's the executioner. Maybe he's the executive director of their court system. Maybe he's the judge. Maybe he's the bailiff. But Lemaise, it's his world. And because it's shaykh by him that this person dies, not that he needs them to die or wants them to die, but because he has any um, any possible leverage by saying something that could be to his advantage, then then that's not Mesiyach Lefitumo. And therefore, the reason why, if in a rabbinical court, a Yiddish court, if we say Mes Venerag, then push it that she can remarry. Of course, of course, of course, of course. But by a Goyesh court, we don't trust them if they have any connection to the Sugya. Mesiyach Lefitumo is not a matir when the Goy has skin in the game. We trust them, but only as far as we can throw them. And when they're involved, that's not very far. But then they're going to lie, and we don't trust them at all. We'll stop right here at the very bottom line of Chavchesim at Bez, wishing you all a beautiful day.